This is the word of the Lord. All right, I won't. I'll laugh for you. Does anyone want me to repeat what I've just done? (laughs) Sorry, yeah, my fault. I was on mute. (laughs) Sorry, a few times I've actually been turned off as I've been speaking. Um, The church in Baycup, my son, one of my sons did the sound system and the sound. And before the service one week, I said to him, well, you know, if it goes on too long, you can shut me up. And um, I mentioned this in the service, and immediately he turned me off. So I'd only been going a minute, so. 
applauded and everyone laughed and thought, yeah. Jesus. In Matthew chapters 11 and 12, we have Jesus and the religious leaders of the day meeting, discussing, them trying to catch Jesus out, questions about who is Jesus? Who is this one who has come? And at the beginning of Matthew 13, we have the idyllic scene. Jesus goes to the lake. And at the lakeside, the Lake of Galilee, we believe it is, a crowd gathers. And Jesus gets in a boat and tells parables. Why does he tell parables? Why is it that now, instead of directly saying things, which in some ways I think would give us so much more, does he speak in parables? And we read in the Bible that there are those who hear but don't understand, others hear but understand. And the disciples are those who hear and understand. And a man called Michael Wilkins suggests that now Jesus is coming to the crowd and saying, are you going to be those that hear and understand? Or are you going to be like the religious leaders and choose not to understand? So sitting by the lake, he gets into, by the lake, he gets into a boat and he sits in the boat and he starts to teach. And the acoustics of the area is fantastic. He doesn't need a microphone. His voice carries to the multitude, the crowd that are there. And he starts to teach in parables. And as a child, I learned that parables were stories with heavenly meaning. Yeah, Hazel mouths the words as I say them. (laughs) But there's so much more because they open up the very presence of God to us in Jesus. And through them, we can get more and more flavor of who God is and who Jesus is. And the picture of Jesus and who Jesus is builds and grows and develops. And the four parables to the crowds are the parables of the sower, the weeds and the wheat, which are the two parables I think you've looked at in the last two weeks. A nod, so I won't go into those in any depth. (laughs) And there you have an explanation of what is happening, of what Jesus is trying to get across because the disciples ask him, what do these mean? And then we come to these two short parables, the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the yeast. And they are incredible parables. And they seem quite simple. The mustard seed. Jesus is saying to the people there by the lake, God's kingdom is present. But it appears and is small. But that, that small start will grow and develop and becomes a huge tree. 
And I love the picture of the birds of the air can come and build their nest. They can come and be in that tree, in that kingdom. How do we apply that to ourselves this morning? I think, or simply, our walks start small with God. That our walk with God develops and grows, hopefully, and changes. As we sang the first song, we sang the phrase, that our God can move the mountain. Well, I grew up in a Christian home in Bedfordshire, which is about 35, 40 miles north of London. Um, and I can still remember going on holiday with my parents when I was probably seven or eight. And we went to North Wales. And I can remember standing on Penmanwar seafront, looking up at Snowdon and telling this mountain, to move because I'd read if you had the faith as a grain of mustard seed you could say to that mountain move and it would move so I stood there going go on move move now thankfully for all those who were actually on Snowden at that moment Snowden did not move but faith grows we move on with God something incredible starts to build and develop. I meet a lot of people who seem to say to me, well, why haven't I got it all now? Why don't I have this incredible walk with God and why isn't everything perfect? And I think that's something to do with our society that we expect everything straight away rather than having something that is growing, is developing, is building. And the parable of the yeast continues with thoughts from the mustard seed. Again, it speaks of the kingdom of God being present. But it's hidden. But it's permeating through as yeast goes through the flower. So God's kingdom is at work going through, building in society, changing situations. I remember a few years ago actually doing some work looking at different areas where people were chaplains. And I'd been both chaplain in a, um, in a manufacturing business and in a, an addiction project based in Rochdale. And I looked at different areas within society where chaplains were invited and worked. And so, I went to the um, big shopping centre near Gateshead, which was Church of England grounds before they sold it to the developers. And part of the agreement was that the shopping centre would always have a chaplain. So I went and spent two days with the chaplain. And they let me go to one of the board meetings of the business that I was told to keep quiet. I was told I wasn't allowed to say anything. Now, I'd sat there patiently for about 45 minutes without saying a word, and the chairman of the company turned to me and said, David, what do you think? And I said, well, if I tell you what I think, I can't be keeping quiet, can I? 
So I've been told I've got to keep quiet. And he said, no, please tell us what you think. So I shared what I thought about the things they'd been discussing. And as we left, the captain said, that was great because that's what she felt, but she didn't feel in that strong a position to be able to say almost anything. Um, talking about honoring God in everything, being the, doing things God's way. And as I looked at that area, I came to the conclusion that God is at work in so many areas in society. God is a work at work in the places that he calls us to be. And it's very much a way, means of actually looking and seeing where God is at work and getting involved in those ways. Being the people of God in society, letting God be known in everything. How do we do that? Because that sounds very good, doesn't it? And, and as we often need explanation on parables, there are some sermons I sat through and thought, I need an explanation now, as it certainly doesn't seem to be clear what was being said. God is calling us to be his people wherever he has led us to be. To be his people sharing his love and living out the life that he wants us to live. Now I had a life in business before I became a minister and I worked in offices. And I decided I wasn't going to be the person who started conversations about Jesus. But I was going to live the life and try to work as God would want me to work. If people asked me what I'd done at the weekend, I would say that I'd been to church. And if it had been good, I'd say it had been good. If it hadn't been that good, I would just keep quiet. I was amazed. People quite quickly started saying to me, what do you believe? What do you think? I can still remember, and I may have shared this before, because once you've listened to me once, you might have heard my stories, some of them anyway. And I still remember I was on a trip to, to, to near Slough um, in Berkshire, and the, I was with a colleague, and he said to me, at nine o'clock as we were eating our evening meal, he said to me, you've never pushed it. What do you believe? And I'd known him for a year and a half. I'd prayed for him. And suddenly I found that until we finished talking about two, half past two in the morning. And I've always wanted to finish this story by saying, yeah, and then we prayed together and no, we didn't pray. But two years later, he sought me out. We were working then for different people. And he sought me out and sent me a message saying that he'd actually become a church warden, was attending church regularly, and yes, he had become a Christian. God is at work. We need to know where God is at work. But we live in difficult times, don't we? It seems that everything... Almost, some days it feels like everything can be against us. 
And yet the Bible teaches us who we need to be. And one of the things I've been looking at recently is the first two chapters of 1 Peter. And in the first two chapters of 1 Peter, Peter says, do these six things in pursuit of God. So Peter says, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Set your hope on that. Look. Have your focus there on what is to be in God. Second, he says, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Now I hear that and I immediately feel totally inadequate in an attempt to be holy. But it's something we need to keep striving to be. Coming and asking for forgiveness when we slip up. Seeking to move into that place with God. He talks about the fear of God. He says, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. So be respectful, be fearful, be aware of who God is. Live out your time here. See, he's not writing to just any group of Christians in a lovely, comfortable world, but a number who are living in exile in Asia Minor, in modern-day Turkey, away from Jerusalem. They're living in an alien culture like we seem to be living today. These are things that are there for those who are seeking to keep going in difficult times. There's love one another. Yes, we are to love one another. There's desire the word of God to immerse ourselves in scripture, to know God's voice speaking to us in scripture. For years I've said to people, when we read the Bible, we should say, what does this say about God? And also say, what does this say we should be like, we should do? And there's build a spiritual house, together the people of God coming, having our focus on God, putting our differences aside, knowing that in Jesus we have a saviour who is worth knowing, who is worth following, who is there for us. Back to the parable. The mustard seed is planted. The tree grows and becomes a place where the birds can come and perch in its branches. We find in the Old Testament a picture of trees growing. I've got a friend who every time she takes a service talks about trees. I'm longing to hear her speak without mentioning trees. 
and she knows it. So if she sees me there, she'll mention trees just to... But isn't that a lovely picture? A picture of what will be, of what is, that in this tree that is the kingdom of God, we find a place to be, a place of safety, a place of belonging, a place of love, a place of grace, a place where we live. But for now, as Paul writes, we see through a mirror darkly, but one day we will see face to face. One day we will embrace the full glory of God. For now, we're on a journey, moving forward in the things of God. I hope that was clearer than the some parables can be. God with us. God moving among us. God transforming us into the people we can be to be the people of God, praising and worshipping God, supporting one another, letting God grow in us and with us. Amen. Pauline, I think you